Welcome to a clued in bonus episode. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. This is so much fun to be doing another bonus episode. I know. So if you're a regular listener, you know that Brooke is a big fan of Edgar Allan Poe. He was one of the first author profiles that we recorded, and we talked about his role in shaping the detective fiction genre of mystery, with his stories featuring C. Auguste Dupin. So when Netflix released a limited series based on Poe's work called The Fall of the House of Usher, we had to watch. And today we will share our thoughts in a bonus episode. This is another example of content that members of the Clued In Cartel will receive. They'll also be invited to quarterly live sessions with us, receive early access to and provide input on chapters of a book that we're planning to co-write as we write it, and more. The Clued In Cartel will be available in early 2024, and you can join the waitlist on our website at cluedinmystery.com slash cluedincartel. Before we start, uh, just a quick warning that we are going to discuss the episodes in some detail, and there may be some spoilers. And the series is pretty graphic, so it's not for the squeamish. It's definitely more horror than mystery. And Brooke, maybe we should start there. Do you think that this is a horror with elements of mystery? Or a mystery with elements of horror? I definitely feel like horror with elements of mystery. And, you know, if we look at the the Poe stories that this is based on, um, it's gothic horror. So I think we definitely have to categorize it this way. And then in another layer to it, it's Mike Flanagan, who, um, if people are familiar with his other Netflix shows, also fall in the category of horror. And so just on that, I think this is the, I, I don't know, is it the second or the third maybe uh, that Mike Flanagan has done that's on Netflix? And I didn't see the other um, the other ones, but my understanding is that it was treated in a similar way where he took uh, the original source material and developed a show that was inspired by rather than based on that uh, that source material. Yeah. So the first one of these that I watched, and I think we've, we've talked about this before, Sarah, that I tend to watch more horror end of things than you. Um, so it should come as no surprise that I've seen the other ones, the haunting of Hill house. So this is a Shirley Jackson story. And, um, I was disappointed because uh, another thing that I've mentioned before is that I'm such a purist, right? I want a story to, I just want a screen version of the story or the book. Um, and it's just a personality thing with me. So when I first watched The Haunting of Hill House, I was disappointed because it is exactly what you say, very based on, you've got names of characters that are in that story, but the storyline is, um, is different and, uh, extrapolated, I guess. Uh, but that's clearly what he's then done here with the fall of the house of Usher. So were you surprised, Sarah? So you hear follow the house of Usher, you, you know, the story, you've read the story and then episode one, it's like, wait, this is like not the fall of the house of Usher. This is mm-hmm. po- uh, Edgar Allan Poe universe. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of describing it because it's modern. It's set in uh, present day, right? Rather than um, in the 1830s when Poe wrote the original. Yeah, it was. It very much felt like a a, a Poe universe rather than a retelling 
of that, mm-hmm. of that story. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I think I'm a much more casual Poe fan than you are. Um, but I still appreciated the, the Easter eggs and the references to Poe's work. Um, you know, the name of the lawyer is Dupin mm-hmm. that Roderick Usher is telling this story to. Um, and so he's not, well, I guess he does a little bit of investigating in, in some parts, you know, when they're showing flashbacks to when they first met. Um, but yeah, I, I, I it is definitely, it's a, a universe rather than uh, a retelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the big bad, the big bad guy is Rufus Griswold, which in some of our other Poe episodes we've discussed is Edgar Allan Poe's rival um, real life rival who wrote the obituary for him that pretty much casts Edgar Allan Poe in this alcoholic, melancholy, bad light that may or may not be entirely true. But then he becomes the big bad in this series. So I had to tip my hat because, you know, I feel like I'm a Edgar Allan Poe fan, but my goodness, Mike Flanagan and his, and his, uh, you know, his team are experts because they were just able to pack, as you say, little Easter eggs all over the place. And, you know, a name, you'd hear a name and I think, oh my gosh. So I'd have to, you know, mm-hmm. look back through things be like, okay, now which poem or which story is that from? And like, oh, genius, the way that they worked it into the story. And, and then what that person name represents in the story. I thought it was just really well done really really clever like the the name of um the i was going to call it the science factory but the the facility uh the medical facility is yes um rue right and reference to murder at the rue morgue um which is one of the dupin stories yeah it's just so great and each episode of this is it eight i believe uh to tell the entire story are all uh either Poe stories, most of them are Poe stories, I believe. Um, first episode is A Midnight Dreary. So, um, yeah, as their titles, as excuse me, yes, as the titles of each episode. Um, and then I think that each episode, in a sense, tells that short story or that mm-hmm. poem's, uh, you know, story arc. Um, it's a, again, an adaptation and extrapolation of it, but it, it, uh, yeah, it tells that story. So very cool. Yeah, you. I mean, you can see the connection, right, between whatever the, the episode title is and what happens in that, in that episode. And you can see where that inspiration came from. Mm-hmm. And I did think it was really cleverly done. There were, it was a little more um, gruesome than I typically watch. And so I, there was a lot of me like, well, I'm just going to listen to this scene. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I would say that that was, is something that I didn't like about this way of interpreting Poe because yes, he wrote Gothic horror, but most of the creepiness is sort of off off page or mm-hmm. imaginary, you know, you don't see blood and guts necessarily. You have the threat of it, but that is more scary actually than actually seeing like the blood covered man. So in my opinion, 
they leaned a little bit too much into, you know, gory and maybe raunchy than they needed to. But I also have to remember that this is 2023 Netflix. So there is some expectation of of that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked that, um, that it was filmed here in Vancouver. Uh, I, you know, so, and I realized that in the first episode, one of the opening scenes when Roderick Usher is um, outside the church after the last kind of round of funerals um, mm-hmm. and he collapses. And I was like, oh, I know that place. Um, and, you know, so the church that they used is, is one that's uh, downtown Vancouver. And then I think in another episode, um, I recognized some of the exterior shots as um, places that that I've seen. And I sent you some street art that I said, oh, this was in the show. <laughs> I was so, I really so excited. <laughs> when you sent that to me, I was like completely fangirling. Like, are you kidding me? That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, I, you know, if, if I was a bigger fan, I probably would, you know, I could recreate the, the scene with Roger Usher on the ground in front of the church. I, could get, <laughs> I don't know if I could rope my husband into taking a picture of me, but <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. So I don't think I'll do that, but. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. One uh, storytelling device that I think they did really well that Poe would really appreciate is that. Throughout this story, we find out that Roderick Usher is, um, he's dying, he's sick. So his um, grip on reality is fading Mm -hmm. and we don't know what is real and what are his hallucinations. And I really think that that's a staple of Poe stories, Um, whereas the reader were wondering if, is this narrator losing it. You know, um, I think about in Black Cat or Telltale Heart, uh, the, the story hinges on, um, I guess really an unreliable narrator in the fact that you don't know what is real and what is, uh, in their mind. Uh, and, and we get that in this Netflix adaptation where Roderick Usher is having moments of clarity and then moments of hallucinations and so I thought that was really a nice tie-in for the Poe stories. I agree. I think that's done really well in these. I read a, a um, review because in this version, the Usher family are um, pharmaceutical manufacturers and uh, cranking out this very addictive painkiller, basically. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of their dark, dark thing of the family. And in the actual story by Poe, the dark part of the family is incest. And so I read a review where this person was being very harsh about bringing in such a a capitalistic kind of contemporary problem that it just didn't ring true, that it didn't feel like it was a big enough issue. And, um, you know, I really disagree because I think that Flanagan did a great job of keeping incest as a a part of the story. You know, we watch Roderick be the most faithful to Madeline out of anyone Mm -hmm. in the story. Um, And so I think it's more metaphorical, but I do think that there's some hints of of literal as well, because as teenagers, they're, you know, very close. Um, Madeline is very jealous of Roderick's wife um, in, in the story, but 
most importantly, it's this misplaced devotion or he's married to the company. And uh, it's that devotion that brings the whole thing down because that is what uh, causes then the, the later deaths of his, of his kids, which, you know. She really uses that devotion to get him to continue to go along with her. Absolutely. I really liked the scene where Pim, who's kind of Roderick's right-hand man, shows um, Roderick and I think Madeline's in the scene as well, uh, pictures of this woman, Verna, with all of these very high profile, very powerful, very wealthy and influential people that are people that we are familiar with in in real life and kind of this suggestion that all of them may have had some kind of interaction with her to achieve that success. And, you know, that kind of had me thinking about like, you know, that deal with the devil that, um, that people may be making. And that I thought that was really good. I know. I thought that was so good too. It, it, and it's that, um, it's that component that we like in a story where you, if you can bring it into the real world, then it makes this fictional world seem, you know, richer and perhaps more real. Um, right. And, and it was the deal with the devil. That's the crux of, of the, of the fall of the house of Usher. And it's great that he made it a beautiful woman. Because I, again, I think that's a very Poe-esque thing to have the, you know, the melancholy, the dread, the downfall be, uh, you know, a man's love for a woman. Very Poe. Mm-hmm. We talked about how this adaptation wasn't uh, necessarily a faithful adaptation, but this creation of this world drawing on elements from the, um, from the original material. Is there anyone else's work, Brooke, that you would want to see kind of treated in this way? Mm, that's such an interesting question because I think I would have said that I don't want to see Poe's work this way. Because like I said, I'm, I'm a purist, you know, like I don't want to see Shirley Jackson's work that way. So I have an instant resistance to the idea, but then I really did enjoy it. And I think the the thing that I came back to, and we've talked about this, we talked about this with our with Teresa Peschel when we did Agatha Christie adaptations. We talked about it, I believe, with Chronicles of Crime, that the value is that it brings new people to the work. And I 100% think that that will happen with this Netflix production because we have, this was very great too. We've got the titles of the episodes, as I said, as the short stories. So that's going to, I mean, you know, algorithm, you're going to be able to find these things and perhaps read source material. Um, so I guess I have to relinquish my hold a little bit. Um, so I, I don't think I can choose someone else at the, right now, but um, I'm going to start being more open to these kinds of adaptations and hopefully bring new readers to some of the older source materials. Well, I will say that I think um, Maurice LeBlanc's work, his stories about Arsène Lupin, the gentleman um, burglar, uh, those have already inspired the series Lupin that is also on Netflix. Uh, also set in present day, 
Uh, and the main character, like Arsène Lupin, is a you know gentleman thief, kind of has this code of of ethics that he um, that he mm-hmm. operates by, but uses a lot of the same kinds of devices that um, that the original uh, the originals did. Um, and I, you know, I, I think the same thing. This this probably brings new readers to the the source material, and so yeah, I. And makes it more accessible, I think, as well for, mm-hmm. for people. So I, I don't mind this kind of thing. And I have to say that if I imagine what Edgar Allan Poe or Shirley Jackson or any of these other authors who've had their work, um, Agatha Christie, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be thrilled to know that people are still enjoying their stories decades and decades later. Well, and centuries later for for Poe, right? It's almost 200 years. It's almost 200 years. So cool. Well, thanks, Brooke. I think this was a great conversation. It was so fun. And as Sarah mentioned, this is just another example of the the kind of things that we would love to pop in and uh, provide as bonus episodes for our Cluding Cartel coming up in 2024. And thank you for listening today to Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is written and produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers. If you liked what you heard, please consider telling a friend, leaving a review, or subscribing with your favorite podcast listening app. Visit our website at cluedinmystery.com to sign up for our newsletter, The Clued in Chronicle, or to join our paid membership, The Clued in Cartel. We're on social media at Clued in Mystery.